Hello everybody, this is episode 72 of the Generation Gaming Podcast, and I'm your host for this week, the Jack of Hearts. And with me, as normal, my random bunch of misfits and crazies, in Tennessee we have Jake. How you doing, man? I'm ready to tear shit up! <laughs> nah, uh, I'm good. Uh, playing a little bit of Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, and surprisingly, not hating it that much. Well, that's good to hear. How about you? How about you? How have you been doing? Well, you know, I've been doing okay. You know, ever since like, uh, ever since the Giants won the World Series last week, man, I've just been feeling like uh, a little bit on cloud nine for a moment. You know, just it just feels like little things are just progressively starting to fall into place for certain things. <laughs> it's kind of funny like that. But well, I'm uh, glad a sports game could do that for you. Oh yeah, I'm kind of happy. <laughs> At least I have that one thing right now. <laughs> but other than that, I uh, I've been just basically doing the same things like normal. I've been doing a little bit of work. I've been doing a little bit of gaming here and there on the 3DS and on the Wii U as well. But uh, other than that, I had to I had to ship out like a little piece of mail or something that I got today because I had gotten I had ordered like a hooded sweatshirt from Amazon, and this was this has to tie into like the Giants World Series stuff. So I got a hooded sweatshirt. I got an extra one. Apparently, the shipping company had shipped me, at, like, someone else's order. So, obviously, it was addressed to me. So, I open the package. I see the little note or something like that to so-and-so inside, like, California and whatsoever. I'm like, okay, this is not mine, and this is a large. So, <sighs> needless to say, I had to go through the mailing service at my post office and just go and just ship it back because, you know, I just would not feel right if I would have kept that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah enough about me though Edside, Iowa Tyler how are you <laughs> oh man I'm doing pretty good uh I was on vacation last yeah. week the McRib is back oh the McRib is back so I mean can't really go wrong there it's a good it's a lethal combination <laughs> uh no, I've been doing pretty good, though. It's a little depressing. I had to go back to work this week, but, you know, it's oh, yeah. the territory. It's playing a lot of games the last few days. Trying to knock out some games before the uh, big rush comes in oh, next week. Oh, sheesh. So. All right. The big rush for you is mainly what? Assassin's Creed? Assassin's Creed and... comes out next week. we got the Mario Kart DLC oh, next week as well. That, too. I'll be honest. Assassin's Creed, Mario Kart, the Sonic games... Nothing that compares to Halo Master Chief Collection. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm getting, I'm playing good games next week. Oh yeah, because because the, the freaking uh, Assassin's Creed that's not was kind of split developed. That's gonna be good. It's it's, it's not split oui, developed. Oui, I'm, there's two I'm an teams. Assassin in Paris. Hey, there's gonna be there's gonna be co-op. 
It's gonna be awesome. And people are just gonna be shouting, Assassino! Assassino! Wee wee! Wee wee! And Assassino! I don't really know any other generic oh, no. French phrases. No, I'm just going off of things that I learned from Assassin's Creed 2 when I played that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only Assassin's Creed game that I actually played through and uh, it fully enjoyed, you know, without growing bored after about, what, a couple hours, but... <laughs> I probably played about... I played five hours about every Assassin's Creed game, bored after that. And I've been through Assassin's Creed twice. Like, I played five... For the first time, I got, like, maybe three hours in before I got bored. The second one, I got probably about five. And it's like, eh... Um, not for me pagans <laughs> but you know when it comes to like uh, the gaming rush that is November you know I I still got like a bunch of things I could just uh, I'm planning on try to play through I mean I've almost spent like about 30 hours inside Smash Brothers for the 3DS so it's like I am gonna have Pokemon Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire which is gonna be on the 21st the same day as Smash Brothers so oh yeah <laughs> good luck for the end of that November but uh, for me uh for me, it's like Halo. They announced that there's going to be 4,000 gamer score in it, which means four. I think there's going to be 400, uh, 400 achievements. Wow. Which I think is pretty fucking ridiculous. But then they announced, I think, last week yeah. that there was going to be an extra 50 achievements attached to it. So it's total of 4,500 gamer score for that, those games. Dang, they want you to play that game for it's months. Like, <laughs> years. Years, yeah. Cause some of the achievements were like play the beat the part time on this map, uh, complete the part time on that. Every pretty much every map, and then it's like uh, play, play for like fucking forever, like five thousand matches. Man, I ain't gonna lie. That's one of the games I really want to play when uh, comes down to Christmas and stuff like that. Because man, just all those like Halo games, like Halo one through four, all the maps, all the. I'm assuming that there's going to be a lot of achievements that were from Halo 3 and Halo 4 making their way to a thing as well. Oh, definitely, because beating the part-time on Halo 3 was in Halo 3, like, beating it, like, on a certain score and then beating whatever is already in Halo 3. Yeah, I'm kind of of wondering, though, like, whether or not they're going to have that one achievement where you have to be on, like, uh... You know, those ghosts and stuff like that have all, like, be on four ghosts and, like, four-player co-op stuff. <laughs> I hope not, because that, that achievement in Halo 3, the Bandmaster Challenge, uh, I forgot what it was, but that tested friendship. Oh, no shit, man. I mean, I've never tried that one, but I know... I, I, I did it two times in one night, and I basically, I, th- I think I removed my friend. You know, one of that. my friends actually did that. He actually got that achievement along with, like, uh, three of his other friends. I think it was, like, his brother and, like, a couple other people. I mean, he's a huge Halo nut as well, so it's like... <laughs> I'm, like, looking at him, I was like, you got all of that inside there. You got all the achievements for freaking Halo 3, almost all. But, uh... <laughs> oh, I, I got all the achievements for Halo 3 before my account got reset, and it's like, uh... It's oh, yeah, it's always ridiculous, man, when trying to get after those hard-as-hell-like uh, things, but... But, uh, yeah, anyway, it's like, the rest of this year, obviously, there's going to be one gaming release after another. <laughs> What's, you know what I'm actually what? excited for? And this is actually probably tossing to our topics, but the Kingdom Hearts 2.5. Yeah, edition. yeah, I just saw that today. 
And it's like, they're going to have a collector's edition that comes with the fucking, like, the original uh, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 that came out last Man. year. And it's like, it's, and it's all going to be in a steel case. Oh. It's like, oh my god, do I really want to spend $100 on a game that, like, this game I put countless hours into. I think it was the only game that I went back to on the hardest yeah. setting and played it with the original weapon. No upgrades, nothing. Just played it with the original weapon and pretty much just obliviate, uh, obliviate. You know what? I'm not going to lie to you. Just looking at this collector's edition, this is really tempting. Especially if you still have a PS3 and stuff like that. It's like, you get this book. You get this 30-page like hardcover like art book, right? Which, it looks fantastic. You get still, Yeah, you, you get... You get uh, Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 in the still case. You get art book from the, King, the original Kingdom Hearts. You get final mix. You get chain of memories. You get 358 oh, over man. two days. Then, then you get a 2.5 remix. comes with two Kingdom Hearts 2 final mix. Kingdom Hearts yeah. Birth by Sleep final mix. Kingdom Hearts recoded in, for cutscenes only. And it's, oh my god. Man, you're definitely getting a lot of uh, bang for your buck with this bundle, obviously. For a hundred dollars, you're getting roughly four, four games. And I'm not gonna lie. If I still had a PS3, I would definitely get this because I'm a big fan of the Kingdom Hearts, like two in particular, because that was one of those few games back in 2006. Once uh, in the twilight of the PS2 generation, the PS2, GameCube, Xbox. That's one of the games that I played a lot of because it had. That great mixture of uh, RPG action RPG elements, like surrounded with like a familiar setting with Square Enix characters with Disney. I mean, yeah, the story was kind of a little bit uh, confusing at points because I was playing the second game <laughs> and never played the first. So it's like I've never. I don't think I've actually beaten the first game, but Kingdom Hearts Two is the game that even with the three back when the three sixty was pop, yeah was popular in that era. Like I plug in my PS2 just to go back to play Kingdom Hearts 2, and it held up. Hold up, it held up. Shit. Yeah, it definitely holds up to this day. I mean, the gameplay is still addicting. It's still fun to play. But you know what? Considering like we've already delved into like one of our good topics right here, why don't we go ahead and just go into what else we've been playing right here? So, Claire, you have the most on your boat. You go first. I, I know we're on a boat now. What the hell? Um, <laughs> you had to think about that for one in, point, huh? We're we're just in uh, Washington, Tennessee, and Iowa. Now we're on a boat together. <laughs> none of the, none of those um con- none of these freaking states have water next to them except for the far west coast. Of <laughs> That's yeah. very true. <laughs> it's like we're tossing tea off the boat again. <laughs> <laughs> Damn British. Uh, anyways. Oh, Assassin's Creed. So, oh. <laughs> so this, I have damn British. That happened four <laughs> years ago. Uh, but uh, oh, political humor! Yeah, <laughs> and we just lost all our listeners. Uh, and we gained five thousand more. Who knew? Oh wow, we're fo- we're the Fox News. I'm whatever, Nader. I hate everybody. Oh great. <laughs> oh no, wait. See, see the thing is though. We might be the Fox News of podcasting, but we know as a political podcast, yeah, yeah, we suck. that's true. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're self Fox. we're self aware. Yeah, which makes us kind of meta. Yeah, uh, meta's cool now, guys. Um, 
But no, I, I finally finished Evil Within. Uh, so, but just kind of this might come a final touch on it. Um, I the story in this game was not very good. Uh, wasn't very flushed out. I still don't fully understand um, what the hell is going on in this game. And I finished it. <laughs> uh, it's just basically like I understand like. I remember you, your psychopath. There's like a there's like a psychopath trying to kill you, but he has like all these like, um, uh, like demonic minions. I don't know. Like he turns these like these like these zombie the zombies from Resident Evil Four are in this game and your main enemies. Like basically, people just come back. Oh, so there's people with chainsaw like skeleton dudes with chainsaws and not even skeleton guys. It, there's there's like I mean there there's a guy with a chainsaw. They have torches. They actually shoot weapons at you. Um, it really is like. 2014 Resident Evil 4, and I have no problem with that. Uh, the, I thought the gameplay elements were pretty were pretty well, uh, were pretty good. Um, some minor problems with like this, like, there is like a sneaking mechanic in the game, and for no apparent reason, so many times um, the zombies can see you when they're right. when you're on the other side of a wall. So like when you're sneaking, like if you if you're within uh within eyesight of a or within within a view of like a zombie. There's like it'll be an eyeball, like like half like squinting basically. And you see like an eyeball going back and forth, and when it sees you, it's like it goes, it's wide open, and that that's like your hint. Okay, the, the zombies know you're there; they can see you. Um, and I'll be like on the other side of a wall, waiting for the zombie to turn around, just using the camera to kind of like watch him, to wait for him to turn around, and he sees me. And it's like there's no way he could you could see me. So that part, like the sneaky mechanic in that game, is pretty much broken. Um, I mean, sometimes they can like even though you're sneaking and you're going as slow as you can, they like they they can just like. Turn oh around my and god, that's like a flashback to the old PS One type of generational things where you used to play Metal Gear Solid and like if one guy see like saw you or something like that, you go into caution <laughs> mode, like have to wait like two or three minutes at a one hiding point in order for the thing to go down. No, it wasn't even like that. Basically, if one sees oh. you, they all like see you. Oh, kind of like they all know you are at that point. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it's very annoying at that point, and it just doesn't work very well. Where that you, you, like, unless you're hiding, like there is points, like kind of like in Outlast, where you can, uh, you can hide oh, okay. in like lockers and things like that. So, but so I guess I guess this is the year of the lockers, because like almost every Oregon <laughs> has a locker you hide in. Yeah, 2012 was a crossbow. This now this game had a crossbow too, actually. But 2012 was a crossbow. This year, it, we're flashing back 2002, everybody. It's but, Metal Gear um, Solid all over again. No, the... <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 2, <laughs> to be exactly. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, there, there's also like the character you, that you play as Sebastian. He's a he's a detective with an alcohol problem. Uh, kind of generic in that. Sense. Does he but live the under story the sea? Is very generic with like generic characters. Uh, the... <laughs> he might. Um, but <laughs> who's an alcoholic who lives under the sea? <laughs> Sebastian, whatever the hell his last name is. Uh, but um, anyways, so but the part like they they talk about like they mention like his drinking problem like in right. the beginning of the game he has like a flask on him he takes a drink out of it they mention it like midway through the game getting like, too old for this shit yeah uh, I wish Danny Glover <laughs> was in this game um, but. They, they don't really like the first after like a third of the way through the game they don't really even mention it anymore like they don't they don't see his flask anymore Aww. you see his flask like three times and one of the main one of his partners mentions it to him about his drinking problem and they never go back to it in that point um then also like you can hey man you, hey man you have a drinking problem <laughs> yeah 
I know. Yeah, that's so okay. weird. Basically, that was it. And then, like, throughout the game, you'll, like, throughout the game, you'll find, uh, like, diary, like, um, journal entries of his, like, talking about just kind of learning the backstory of Sebastian and, like, things happened before this, before the whole events of Evil Within happened. And they go nowhere. They don't explain anything at all. Like, it's just, like, there's no point in these backstories. Like, I don't feel, like, you know, you you can tell the guy's been through a lot. You can see why he drinks. But the drinking doesn't go, doesn't really come into play at all in this game. So it doesn't matter. Nothing in the story matters to me. To me, what mattered was that I just enjoyed the ride of this game. Where it was just a really fun, a great okay. um, survival horror game. And that's what I wanted, and that's what I got out of this game. Where I mean, it's just it's all nostalgia for me for Resident Evil 4. You had these great boss fights, except for the last boss fight, which was a whole, one of the worst boss fights, but final boss fights I've ever I ever played in the game before. Did you did you uh, play um, Fable 2? Yes. I don't. What was what was I remember um, the final? I vaguely remember I the final boss too. fight. Like, all right, basically. The, uh, I forgot what his name, but he, the guy you're trying to kill, yeah, yep. basically and... kills your sister at the very beginning, and uh, shoots you out of a window. Throughout the or throughout the entire game, you're working your way to find this guy because he's about to destroy all of Albion. Yeah, and you get to him like you bust your ass trying to get to him. Then like he or he talks to you, you can just. Mid sentence, you can pull out your gun, shoot him, and kill him. Yeah, now I remember. And, and, I, and here's a major. Here's the spoiler stuff from like Fable Two. I think he also kills your dog. <laughs> he kills your dog earlier in the in like only, uh, leading up to it. But like I remember at the end, you have three options: either become rich, uh, get your family back, or get your, or dog, get back. your dog back. And obviously, and you go with the almost dog. everyone chose get their dog back. Of course, there's actually a glitch <laughs> in the game. If you if you stop it like before, it saves right before going into. That, yeah, that if you save right before you go into that little hallway, you can get all three endings and get all three achievements. Yep, I did that. Uh, but okay. I did too. I got the money first, and I got my family, then I got my. Daughter. I didn't I do that end. though. I just just basically chose like to sacrifice my family to bring back all the people that got killed and stuff like that. So <laughs> pretty much, you can just save it right before you kill them. Just do that, and then you can go back to it, and then just shoot them over. And oh, over yeah. So it's, basically, it's kind of like how you could like say score some achievements, say like enough. Like what Fallout Three or something, where if you hit like a level cap, you get the achievement. Like for one thing, then just have a save state readied and try to level it up for like another neutrality yeah. type of stuff. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, um, I remember another game did that. Like level up right before you get neutral. Like do be good. All right, you do all the good stuff. Then like before, you, like save it before you get to that level. Do get the good achievement. Then uh, basically go on a killing frenzy. Outside of the town where you're about to level up, yeah, and uh, go in as neutral, save before you get to neutral, or create a new save before as neutral. Uh, get get that achievement, then go on a more killing spree, then get, become evil, and then level up, and go back to your good save. <laughs> okay, but tying back uh, into here to uh, evil within though. Would you say, Tyler, that this would be like sort of a game you would pick up, say, on the bargain bin, pretty much? Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a weird, it's a hard game to say where I can't justify it as a sixty dollars purchase. Um, but I still I love maybe this game. about thirty. 
Would if you... I, I would say for if you saw it for thirty, definitely. If, I'm, I'm, if it's a Black Friday so deal, on Black, on Black Friday. There you go, deal. folks. Yeah. Black Friday deal. <laughs> I mean, this really. T- if, if if this is your kind, of, if this isn't in your bandwagon, like if you love survival horror, if you love Resident Evil Four, I mean, you'll. I, this is basically a reimagining of it. And I mentioned, I know I've mentioned it several times before, but it's just kind of this is what it is. I mean, there there is like there's a lot of core problems with the game. Like the loading screen is pretty bad for a 2014 game where every t- when you boot up the game it's oh I can okay it's like 45 40 50 seconds it's a little long but you can deal with it but every time you die or every time you you know every yeah every time you die and there's a lot of you, I died 95 times in this game it tells you at the end. um <laughs> oh, there's a lot cruel. of like but there's a lot of um like one hit deaths like uh if you get like there's traps in the game um or if like some of the bosses if they get you that's a one, they'll be one hit kills um, so every time you load, you have to go to the loading screen. It's like 15, 20 seconds. That part can be painful. There are some checkpoint problems where you have to go through like an unskippable cutscene, um, or have to go through like a, like a section that's like, you know, it'd be a minute or two, but it's annoying. It's repeating that same minute or two over and over okay, again. That's, to get to that's one something that should have been ironed like a, out, like near the beginning of the development stage. Like at least have a button prompt to skip the scene at least. Yeah, I mean, there are skippable cutscenes. It's like the little, like, those 10 to 15 second ones you'll see in games where it just sets up the scene. Yeah. So if I left, for if I left, I just stopped there and I came back two days later, kind of a refresher. But it's annoying when you're, like, doing it, like, immediately after you died. Um, and I do want to re- uh, rebut what I, what I said last week. Um, the checkpoints in the game actually do save your game as well. Right. So you don't have to go to, you don't actually have to go and save the game. Um, like I thought, like there's always, there's not actual save points. Like you don't have to like go to a certain section. You can only save a certain times. Whenever you go to a checkpoint, it, that saves the game for okay. you. Um, and another thing I had towards the end, it's a minor thing here, but toward like the last like two or three chapters, it felt like there was a lot of padding and like, you just like went through waves and waves of enemies. Okay. Um, I, I would say probably the last third of the game where, um, it just like for the first, you know, Two thirds of the game, it was based on from a horror game where it was like you saw you, you went through so you every now and then hit like a wave of bad guys hit a fight. For the most part, though, it was it was from a horror. You, you the, guy, the bad guys were few and far between. You never felt like a badass in this game, um, but you know you can still, you're always just getting by. And if you I mean if you were smart with your ammo and your supplies, um, but then like the, probably the last four hours of of a game, I just I, there's so many times in the game where like it was just like. Here's 20 enemies, fight them, and then here's and then like you'll like go through, and then like, and then like a few minutes later, oh here like here's a few more like the last four hours probably can be condensed into like maybe two hours or so, and I think you I would enjoy it would be a lot better. It, it wasn't necessary, and you do, and the boss the bosses in this game are really really great, which was what I expect from especially the creator of Resident Evil, um, but the only unfortunate part is, um, and a minor spoiler. You're gonna see these these bosses several times. Hmm. Like there's there's like I think six boss fights, and I think you see three of them on at least two occasions. Mm, that kind of reminds me a bit of when I used but, to play Devil May Cry Four. You know, because they end up using like the same bosses like halfway through the game. Like you would go halfway through as Nero, and then you had to play as Dante, right, to pick up from that storyline, and have to fight the same group of bosses but in reverse. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's it's just kind of like you'll see like one of the, and 
I will say the, the, the thing about the bosses, though, the, the great job to deal with it is, I remember I was playing the game uh, just a couple days ago, and I like one of the boss fights you had, like this guy was just scary. Like he just chases you for like it's like a twenty minute long oh. boss fight, and it's just him chasing you, and it's just like a hectic situation <laughs> the whole time. You're like, oh my god, I gotta get through this. It's like, it's it yeah, it's a very stressful situation. <laughs> so I actually like probably a four or five chapters in. I get I, I I beat him four or five chapters later I get to this point and like it shows a little cutscene and you see that boss again and like he's just like you guys sneak through this section I'm like fuck it I'm done today turn it off I don't want to deal with it. I can't deal with it today I no, can't that's do the it nemesis I'm, effect yeah like it's I, I'm like too like it's mentally draining dealing with that guy I don't have it in me today so I actually like had to stop for a whole day before I came back to it and then uh, man that's hilarious yeah but no I'm I, it's just a weird game where like there is a lot of problems like and they're like little things but i mean they kind of just build up to like uh, be a an issue but i would say overall though i just i just love this game i i would honestly i mean it's not the best video game ever made I mean, probably not the best video game of the year but it would probably be a contender for my game of the year just for the overall experience i had with this game and and just the this the i haven't felt like that kind of love for like a survival horror game like that since like Resident Evil Four. Wow, well, you could definitely you could definitely feel like when they made this game, they had like that's what they were going for, like a 2014 Resident Evil Four, and they made it. Huh. So, well, I, it's a huge double thumbs up for me. Well, I'm but, definitely uh, interested. <laughs> yeah, I would say. I mean, I I, would, I wouldn't recommend it right now. There's there's bigger games coming out. Obviously, oh, obviously, of course, about. like 2015 coming. at least. Yeah, I would say springtime. It's probably be thirty bucks. Then definitely pick it up. And then the final thing, uh, I played the Pokemon uh, Omega Ruby and something Sapphire. Uh, Jack will correct me. Alpha. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I actually kind of like the, the demo. Is interesting where it, it's actually there's ten missions. Yep. So in each there's mission, ten? what? Yeah, there's ten missions. Ten. Yeah. God damn, I went through the game four or five times already. So the first one is like fifteen, twenty minutes or so, and you just kind of go through like. A, yeah, that's definitely the longest one. Yeah, and like that one, you just kind of go through and you actually get a uh, a, a Pokemon in the, after that one, and then I, I kind I actually looked it up, um, like what you get from each mission. So each one is just like it's like the generic mission, like find this Pokemon, uh, go find yep. like this person got lost, go find them. This or go beat all the Pokemon trainers on this little map, um, and it, each one can take anywhere from like two to five minutes. So they're fairly quick. Like I think I I knocked out the whole demo in about a little over an hour. I just sat down and did it all one sit in. Um, oh, it it's, it looks like Pokemon X and Y, very pretty, very cool style. Um, I imagine this demo part is exclusive to the demo. It won't be in the main game. Uh, at least that, the, the first mission. Yeah, because at the very beginning, you you ride in on the legendary Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only thing that's really so, transferable yeah. are like, the, the items that you collect from the demo and like the Mega Glalie that uh, we got in the this region's demo. So. <laughs> yeah, like if you beat the first uh, the first mission to get to the, was the Mega Glalie again? Glalie. Glalie. Yeah, they can make it evolve. Uh, I think if you beat it the third time, you get potions. The fifth time, I think you get uh, you get Pokeballs. Uh, the eighth time, you get some other type of Pokeball. 
and I can't remember what the 10th one is. Uh, but... You get a Master Ball at 10th Pokemon. Yeah, that'd be, that'd awesome. be awesome. Really awesome. But basically, you could take those over into your game. You, you, once you buy the game, you can transfer all those over to your uh, Omega Rufy or Alpha Sapphire. God, at this time, Dude. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I was thinking, it's like, you got a Master Ball for that demo, then you waste it on a Wimper. <laughs> Or whisper. You, or you just waste it on like a wormhole. <laughs> I'm gonna centipede. No, well, I was actually going a little bit more lenient to that because the whisper evolves into an explode, which is a no. Well, we're we're talking about the people who actually like are kids or but something. It's still you know, pretty if, bad. Let's say you're a kid and you get like a master ball or something like that. What's the first thing you're gonna try to throw it on? Some legendary Pokemon? No, you're just gonna accidentally probably like toss in the first Pokemon you see. I remember doing that too, like back in Pokemon Blue, where I accidentally used a master ball on a Vulpix. <laughs> well, see, I didn't do that, and like it's like gold and silver or something. I don't remember which yeah. one it was. But after you get that master ball, I was like, awesome! I got a master ball. It's like I want to use yeah. a Lugia or something or Ho. Oh, uh, but uh, like use it. It's like uh, threw it like accidentally. Threw it on like some little useless Pokemon. I was like, no! <laughs> Turn off, restart. Yeah, pretty much. Just like, fuck this, restart. <laughs> you know what? Ironically enough, though, that was the same game file where I got all 151 Pokemon. Nice. <laughs> and you had that one Volpix yeah. instead of a Master Ball. Yeah, I had to use the Game Shark to get Mew, of course, but, uh, shh. See, I didn't even use. I didn't use the game shark to get me. I got me like legit. And yeah, you can also get it legit like another way too by actually uh, glitching the game by specific steps too. But yeah, the steps were you go to Cerulean City, you beat Gary. Yep. You you beat the road. I, I don't know if it was just Gary. The Nugget or Road. Was, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you, it was just Gary or you had to beat like the entire Nugget Road, but. Like, you had to go to uh, that little grass patch at the, like, after, yeah, it would have been after uh, Nugget Road. You go to that little grass patch outside of, uh, like, right outside Nugget Road. Yes. Do, like, something, I forgot what it was. You have to have, like, a Abra, have something to do uh, hypnosis on. Go back. Go back to where you fought Gary, then like hit A or something, and Mew will appear. Yeah, something like that. Obviously, if anybody's interested in trying these little steps, though, my recommendation, go to YouTube, because there's a video that goes step-by-step of how to acquire a Mew legitly on Pokemon Blue, Red, and I think even Yellow as well. No, I don't think it was on Yellow. I think it was just Red and Blue. You may be right on that one, yeah. But you can trade it to Yellow. Yeah, that's true, too. I wish I would have knew that back as a kid, man. That would be really awesome. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, Tyler, we're... That, Was that's... that it for you? Yep, that's what I played. Okay, so, Jake, was there anything, like, uh, that you wanted to go f- through with your game stuff? Uh, nothing really. Like I said earlier, I played Call of Duty Advanced Warfare... My overall opinion of it is that it's better than Ghost, like by far, but it's not as it's 
not as good as the original Black Ops or the original uh, Modern Warfare, but it's probably on par with Black Ops too. Okay. No, so with that for multiplayer was, I mean. Okay. okay. Uh, what were we gonna say? No, well, pisses... like, yeah, go oh, ahead, I... Tyler. Tyler, okay, go sorry. Ahead. Uh, but it pisses me off about Call of Duty, where. All year round, I'm like, I'm Call of Duty's done. It's over. I don't care about it anymore. And then I see the commercial, and I'm like, damn it, that looks like fun. Yep. They know how to yeah, lure you that, in. That's, 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 that got, that's what got me. I was like, god damn it. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm tempted to go out tomorrow after work and pick it up. Like, no, no, this this year will be different. I'm not going to play Call of Duty. See the commercial over? Oh, shit. Like, oh, man, it looks really cool. <laughs> what, what kind of voice were you trying to do? Oh, I'm just... Oh man, I'm just trying to do a random like uh, Joe Schmo or Call something of Duty like that. Fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a Call of Duty fanboy. My voice is a few decimals lower. No, 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 um, no. Call of Duty fan calls themselves Call of Duty. I know. Fanboy. I know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but but Kevin, wow, you sound upset. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you want to? Vent, come on, speak clearly into well, the Well, you know. <laughs> okay. Oh, nothing really. I mean, I've just like, uh, I've liked playing Call of Duty games in the past. I've recently, what was it, like the last year or something like that, I played through the original Black Ops again. You know, I didn't enjoy it as much as I did the first time, but still, I, uh, I'm i not going to go on any type of like bad like rants or something like that. I'm just saying that I'm just, I'm just finished you know i just feel like i've just uh got a nut enough oh, oh i completely understand it's like i wasn't gonna buy the game until like tyler says all the fucking commercials <laughs> yeah if my if if my red box had like ps4 games and like, xbox one games i would definitely go out and rent because I, I still enjoy the over-the-top michael bay campaign mode yeah you know what's all right at the very be- all right at the very beginning of the game <coughs> your best friend dies yeah. uh and you lose your arm wow there you go huh and then you have to go work for Kevin Spacey, which was your friend's dad. Oh. Well, you know what? That does, definitely does sound like a yeah, rent. Kevin Spacey... Ke- Kevin Spacey brings back his... Reprises his role from uh, fuck, uh, House okay. of Cards. That's basically... Basically, Call of Duty, Advanced Warfare's Kevin Spacey is House of Cards' Kevin Spacey. Cool. Does he even have this, the Carolina accent? Not necessarily. I think that. he just convinced Tyler. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> he doesn't. Ha- <laughs> All right. I'm, he doesn't. He doesn't have the accent. I'm going to Walmart. Right <laughs> he just leaves the podcast. <laughs> like, like Tyler, you there? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he does. He's pretty fucking awesome. And like, of course he, he is. He's coming space. Oh yeah, he, but the way he talks in the game is like, I can really get behind what this guy's doing. <laughs> Then you realize, like, oh, I'm going to fucking blow up America. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. I was like, what the fuck, Kevin Spacey? You tricked me. <laughs> I love you. It's like, I'll do it again. <laughs> it's like, you want to come work for me? Yes. Fuck. So we're just saying that Kevin Spacey's just well, quintessentially the Hank Scorpio of freaking Call of Duty, we're pretty much saying right now, right? We're like, you know, like back in The Simpsons, you know, Hank Scorpio, like the boss that Homer worked for was this, 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 this who controlled this evil corporation and stuff like that just made all this like 
this random product and stuff that would just be like the bane of humanity and stuff but yet he was a awesome like boss to homer (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it does get kind of irritating when he tries to kill you but Hope, but, hope the yeah, next overall, one, hope the next one like, has uh, Walter White in it. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious! <laughs> it's like Walter White is uh, Kevin Spacey's apprentice, hidden yes. apprentice, and Jesse Pinkman's there with magnets. <laughs> like, it's like the bitch. zombie mode consists of like all these like uh, all these evil, all these various characters over the past couple of years. So you have like Walter White, you have like Kevin Spacey from like. Well, all right, <laughs> what was a. Uh... What was uh, the thing that they were going to use like throughout the entire show? Was it ricin? Yeah, that would kill people. Ricin. Yeah, yeah. It's like in zombie mode, you have to throw ricin <laughs> at fucking zombies. There's Walter White. There you go. Oh come on, Activision! <laughs> he just knocks on call things. The de- call, call of the Dead. Please bring Walter White, Kevin Spacey. Oh my god, that would be worth playing right there. I mean, that would be just as awesome, if not even more awesome than than Snoop Dogg in with with Oh man, that would be better than the Snoop Dogg thing, honestly. I mean, it'd be better than the whole like. uh... Uh, I know, I know, that was a joke. Snoop Lion? (laughs) No, he's Snoop Dogg again. Oh, is he? I can't keep up. Is P Diddy still P Diddy? I don't know anymore. (laughs) I don't know. I, I I don't know. I'm man. just saying, if we if they had got those group of characters together into a zombie mode, kind of like how the whole like uh, the presidential things, like in the original Black Ops, because that was one of the main reasons why I bought Black Ops to begin with, was because of the whole the presidential things with oh, yeah. Kennedy, Nixon, and <laughs> that like uh, like McNamara and Castro, Castro, and <laughs> what can your zombie zombie killing president do for you? <laughs> exactly the point. Yeah, it was, uh, it was ridiculous. Oh, it was ridiculous. But Advanced Warfare overall, I would probably pick it up when it's probably around twenty dollars, twenty thirty dollars. All right. Like, if anything, like multiplayer is kind of fun, but Kevin Spacey single player not so much. But like, there's some audio problems with the game. Like, which I did a video in it uh, a couple days ago. And it's just like, okay, right. is it my TV? Is it my headset? Nope, nope, <laughs> it's the game. Is uh, there was like audio, like it would go quiet, and then it'd go suddenly loud, like when they're talking. It's like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, okay, <laughs> and I kind of want to see my waveform right now, but oh man, it would go like that. It was like ridiculously like weird. It's like the uh, audio engineer is like, you know, just fuck it. <laughs> it's like this is the fifteenth Call of Duty game. Fuck it. We know people just go for the multiplayer. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's pretty All much right. what I <laughs> Well, it's pretty much an easy thing for me this week. I've just been going forth and playing a classic game on the Wii U's uh, virtual console. Like, a couple of weeks ago, they had this whole thing where they were putting out, like, all these Castlevania games in a row. So, a lot of these Castlevania games they were putting out were old Game Boy Advance classics, which I grew up playing in high school. So, I just started playing Circle of the Moon again. Castlevania Circle of the Moon, obviously released, it released, like, in 2001. And I really like this game because of the whole aspect where you can just uh, experiment with the whole, like, DSS system, where... 
you basically are collecting cards by defeating enemies and stuff, and then you're collecting these various action and attribute cards, which, if you use both in combination, it presents you with a specific, like a <laughs> specific type of attack. Like, for instance, say you uh, have the Mercury action card with uh, the attribute Salamander. You use that, you get a Flame Whip. Or if you just do a lot of like various other combinations, you can you can be like invincible times four or some once you get hit, or uh, you have two fireballs circle around you, or it's just those type of examples that uh, you can just uh, experiment with. So here I am. I go through. I started playing the game. It's like oh okay, I remember this first part of the section right here. It's like it's just the first part of the game just starts you know it just starts coming back to me a little bit. I go ahead and defeat the first boss, Cerberus. Obviously, which is like the two, this two-headed dog, this two-headed fire dog. Two-headed. Well, for this game, they just with two heads. Apparently, it's only two D game. Two D, you can only do two things. Yep. So let's see. I go through. I beat Cerberus, and it's like, okay, that boss was easy. I go through on Necromancer, the second boss. And it's like, I, I died the first time because I had forgotten that I had to stand up on this platform, like, right above, like, the bottom section. Because if I stayed on the bottom, he would just keep on spawning all these random enemies at the bottom and then just try to go, like, a waves of skeletons to attack me. So, <laughs> that was kind of hilarious. I, like, died, I think, one or two times just doing that before I realized, oh, okay, let's see what happens if I just get on the higher platform right here. I go up, I wait for him, I hit him. He has two forms, so it's like he's cloaked at the beginning, then he just reveals himself to be some sort of flying, like, uh, bone demon. And I go ahead, and I beat him, and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like one of those gaming moments. It's like, oh, man, he was easier than I thought he was. <laughs> so I go I go towards this, like, uh, the clock tower. I think it's like this clock tower, like, mechanized, like, uh, like part of this castle. And I go through there, I started coming across, like, harder enemies. Like, you have these enemies called the Heat Shade, you know, where they're just basically... They're just basically, like, witches or something that just, like, spout, like, fire attacks. <laughs> so I had myself a hard enough time to where... I kept on, like, trying to hit them, like, about four or five times and stuff like that in order to get them out. And I knew at that point I was under-leveled. Because that's the thing about this game, too. It's not like the standard Castlevania game where you just progressively, like, from left to right going through the stages. No. This is shaped up much like uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, where you have to explore this entire castle, level up your character, and then just earn various, like, uh, other types of, like, relics and, like, attribute cards, like I was just saying. But uh, I go through the third boss. The third boss is a golem. And basically, it's one of the easiest bosses which I've faced <laughs> towards that point, where he's just... Well, yeah, he's like a little guy wearing a rag. No, he's not a little guy wearing a rag. He's just this gigantic kind of like uh, this mechanized creature, right? Where he's like, he's just he's just slow, but yet if you get too greedy with your hits and stuff, he'll hit you for like a lot of damage, right? So he's slow but powerful. But the really big bitch about it is if you wait long enough, he'll start regenerating health. <laughs> it'll, it'll bite your finger <laughs> off. Hey, yeah. uh, real quick. I have a. I just started a scene in Call of Duty yeah. that has Kevin Spacey on it, and I'm going to try to put it on the mic just so I could. Everyone knows how he sounds and basically okay. his charisma in the game. I just gotta stop the cutscene so I can restart. <laughs> continue. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going to put it on. I'm just trying to get 
so I could restart it because there's a lot in here that's perfect. So go okay, continue to where you're okay. About so right. after I beat the golem and stuff, I go through and I I was just stuck for like a good solid day and a half because I forgot where the hell I was supposed to go next. And inside the process, I started figuring out little game mechanics that the game developers actually put inside here. So I didn't notice this before the first time I played it, but they conveniently put enemies right in front of walls or some that are like have like hidden passages where you can get like all sorts of like uh, like little item power ups. Let's say like HP max increases, like heart increases, MP increases. Just I kept on going forth and uh, thinking, oh okay. Okay, this is the right path where I'm supposed to be on. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, god damn it. If I see another fucking, like, hard increase, I'm gonna throw this game. <laughs> so, here I was last night. I finally, finally find the path and stuff where I have to use one of my uh, relics that I have, which is a wall jump. Quintessentially, it's a wall jump. So, I go forth. I go to, like, the, the new area. And I have just been, like, grinding levels, just trying to find the right path. So, I go forth... The first set of enemies I go, I go and like uh, face off against are some. They're, they're kind of like gorgons, where they're giant like creatures that like with four legs and stuff that spew like this, this type of mist with turns you into stone. And so what ends up happening is I go through this hallway, and I come across this flame demon, and I am just getting rocked by this one dude because he's just got all these fireballs everywhere. I'm like, well, God, what the hell? That's a that's a big difficulty spike right there. Because <laughs> here I am, I'm like one-shotting like all these enemies like in the beginning part of the area. Then I go into a new area, and all the enemies are tougher. Obviously, I try to do it like a progressive way. But if I just would have found that spot right away, I would have been under like uh, level 20. I was like at level like 23 or so, 22 or 23 at least. Going through, I started fighting these random like enemies, like these uh, these were bears, right? So basically, you've heard like a werewolf, right? But uh, they're that's <laughs> what they're called. They're called were bear. <laughs> to where like uh, you see this gigantic bear. They're 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 a cousin of the man bear. <laughs> exactly. You see this like this gigantic bear, right? Just standing on like its two legs, just walking towards you. It, it's just so slow too. And what's What's really frustrating about it is you have these, uh, <laughs> you have this one enemy that spews like about five fireballs at a time, kind of like in a like a high to low like aspect, called like a beast demon or something like that. It's, this is like a generic name. It's like very generic the name, Colin. But uh, you, this these stupid bears are like just like crawling like like just moving so slow. If you get right next to them and stuff, they're gonna freaking get you like for about seventy or eighty damage just like easily. It's <laughs> and I started going forth beating these random enemies until finally I get to the one section before the fourth boss battle where I had to go forth and uh, defeat these enemies called Were Jaguars. <laughs> oh my god. Can you put this game down as the worst names for enemies ever made? <laughs> well, actually it's not a Were Jaguar, it's a Were Panther, but still. That's the thing. The whole... Watch out for the Were Penguins. <laughs> Part man, part penguin, and they're all demonic. <laughs> oh my god, I just got a flashback of Nightmare Penguin from Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. They got a... You don't want to get... You don't want to get me started. <laughs> yeah, well, don't... God. Stop it. Stop talking. Go back to the circle. Okay. 
Tyrell's I'm just doing. highly expecting now these demonic penguins to come forward with their freaking top hats and their convenient like tuxedos. <laughs> but anyway. <clears throat> I finally get to the fourth boss battle, which is a boss called like Ad like Adramelch or something like that. What when essentially what this is is a gigantic ass like goat like creature where he's Is it a were goat? What's that? Is it a were goat? No, it's not a were goat. <laughs> okay. A vampire it's just, goat. <laughs> it's just basically him like it there's this like this tall building, right? Like right in the background, where it's just his both of his hands and his head is like sticking out. So it looks like he just he just looks like he just got stuck on his way to try to fight you or something like that, where he's like, Hey, I see ya. I'm just gonna shoot these fireballs and these skulls at you. You know, it's just it, here's how the pattern pretty much went. He spits out some saliva or something like that. The saliva's dripping, and all of a sudden you see these poison bubbles or something like that. These bubbles, like, just surround, just conveniently, just high enough. Wear bubbles? <laughs> these wear bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> these bubbles that are just high enough to where it allows you some, like, just lower passage thing so you can go and evade, like, uh, evade, like, the random attacks, like the chorus of skulls and these, like, freaking fireballs. And so it took me, like, about two times just to beat this guy because I, I finally figured out, oh, okay, I gotta slide underneath this, use my rose sword in order to just uh, get these bubbles, throw the axe up and get them, and afterwards it's like, wow, okay, what's my reward from all this? And I go forth and I end up triggering a trigger where, like, these big old green statues that were, like, obscuring my path from another thing was, like, destroyed, so, oh, okay, well, that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my last part of what I started to do right before I just stopped uh, playing it for today was I just finally got my, I think it was my 7th or 8th, like, DSS card. And the thing about it is I've been looking up online, like, where I can find these random DSS cards. So, obviously, I had to go forth and uh, I had to just grind on particular things. The last thing I grinded on was uh, a creature called Maneater. Now, despite what the name suggests, this is a giant plant that basically will, like, uh, shoot out these seeds. <laughs> and apparently, if you beat this monster, it's supposed to drop a card, right? I kid you not, I spent about 15 minutes going back and forth between one room to another, trying to avoid these killer bees, which, yeah, that's the name of the monster, Killer Bee. <laughs> Where killer bees? Yeah, were goats? <laughs> no. <laughs> you got, <laughs> you have were panthers and you have killer bees, and so every time I would go forth, I would have to avoid these damn bees from poisoning me. <laughs> so that's just one of the frustrating quibs about the game. It's like you you have these aspects that are very good about it, where you you're just going forth, you're going from one like uh, aspect to another, and then there are times where you get stuck, kind of like a la Metroid, like say a Super Metroid or a Metroid Fusion, where you don't know what the hell you're supposed to do next, and you're supposed to figure it out, like, on your own, in order to figure, oh, I know, I have to use this weapon to progress this way. <laughs> it's like it a, does a big thing in Game Boy Advance games. Remember Minish Cap? Oh, well, yeah, that's... Like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna tell you to do anything, just kind of walk around for six yeah, hours and that's one of the big, that's one of the big, like, elements that uh, game designers use in order to suck, like, more hours out of your game time, in order to, uh make the game last longer you know the type of padding like some uh, games of the day kind of failed to do <laughs> but uh yeah 
overall, I've been really much enjoying Circle of the Moon. I mean, I've, I've still got some more things i got to go for, especially going through that whole... This is like another aspect of the game called the Battle Arena, where you can only earn like a couple of DSS cards just going for it, just going through that whole this whole gauntlet of things where you have all these creatures. Like it's just basically kind of like a horde mode, sort of, where you're just going from room to room and have to defeat all these creatures inside this one room to progress to another one. Mm. All right, mm-hmm. so anyway, that's it for what we've been playing. So. Let's just go ahead and go into one of our little random news quibs for this week. So, apparently on NeoGAF, there was some, like, screenshots or rumors of some about this new Fallout game, right? Apparent new Fallout game called, like, Fallout, like, Shadow of Boston or something like that. But the only... Mm-hmm. From what I've read about the Arquos, I thought it was fake. Yeah. Like, that entire article is just... Like, the game didn't really doesn't really gonna happen yes really yes that's exactly what i was gonna go into too because just reading upon like game stuff like GameSpot's little article right here there's actually an update to the thing where yeah it is a hoax so apparently yep. this whole like screenshot and this whole like a various thing that this one person from neogav actually posted now this is from like a german type of like a trademark so then and of itself right there you have to look at like, all the aspects of the thing before you even try to assume whether it's real or not, obviously, but that's just the thing. It was it was apparently posted on NeoGAF, like, that Bethesda, like, submitted a trademark application for Fallout Shadow of Boston. Let's see, it was a German patent, like, a patent and stuff. It was trademarked, like, October 27th or something like that? I'm thinking that's what it was from this article here I'm reading. But yeah, it's just been confirmed that the whole thing yeah. is fu- that is fake. Which you know what? Hell, I am more than willing to like play a new Fallout game though. But it's just kind of sad that we haven't had like uh-huh. any type of uh, any more news regarding like a new Fallout yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the main reason I put this in here was the fact that uh, we did discuss it. I think it was like somewhere in the mid to late twenties of our episodes. Uh, where they, the, the, I, I thought it was a Vincent. A Vincent I think so too. So Vincent, on. he was on that one. Yeah, he was on that. Yeah, you know, but um, so that that's one of the main reasons I put on here is just because I remember I was talking about it and it just kind of, I don't know, the screenshots you did see look, look absolutely gorgeous. It doesn't necessarily mean the game is fake. It just means that, uh, you know, this like that mm-hmm. title is fake. But I'm hoping that the file Boston is real because I like like Jack said, um. Bethesda, please take my money. Oh my gosh. All that's missing right now from the current generation of consoles is just a great Bethesda game with some engrossing world, you know? Mm -hmm. We got the Zenimax game, (laughs) Evil Within. Evil Within. Which is a a Bethesda company. Yep, and um, Wolfenstein. Also Dude, and game. either a freaking Elder Scrolls game or a Fallout game, I don't care. I want to play it on my PS4 or my Xbox One. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so you're gonna bite, you're gonna bite your tongue now, because when Elder Scrolls Online comes out, nah, you're gonna be hating. I'm not really interested in that, honestly. No, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, but you said uh, I want a. Uh, you said I want an Elder Scrolls game. You didn't say it was... I know. Like a I know. You said it'd be a good game. You just said it'd be... A... <laughs> I know. I say that now, but yet I sub- subsequently play like Skyrim on my PC. But... <laughs> but... Uh, 
Anyway, going on to our next article right here. It's been revealed that the, the for the PlayStation Plus games, the free PS4 games and stuff for December and January have been revealed, and among these are Injustice Gods Among Us and Infamous First Light. Yep. Uh, Which I'm finally happy to see a AAA title come as am to I. the PS4. It's about damn time. <laughs> yeah. Also, the Swapper is going to be... Uh, the Swapper and Infamous First Light are the okay. January games. So. Well, you know what? I'm happy. <laughs> oh, and we... We also get Secret Ponchos as the other December free Oh, we get Secret Ponchos? <laughs> yeah. uh. I, I think I'm just going to stop buying games on my PS4 now, like digital games, because it seems like every month now there's a game that I bought that is one of the free games, like SteamWorld Dig, Towerfall Ascension, oh, yeah. like the last two months now. Then I, I've already owned Oh, Injustice. you've noticed that too, huh? Like, on my PS4. <laughs> yeah. Seems like every time. See, that's why I haven't bought Transistor yet. That game's awesome. I'm waiting. You need to buy that game. I Just buy it. it. It deserves money. It does deserve money, but I want it free. <laughs> yeah, but uh, why well, spend? You know what? That is kind of like the, the kind of the downfall for this whole PS and like this whole PS Plus service, you know, too, because right now I don't want to spend any money on the whole like uh, getting the games at launch because I know that some event or maybe you know it's like a trick mentality of like I'm waiting for it to go free on PlayStation Plus <laughs> oh shit yeah very true I mean like the Swapper I was I was definitely interested in uh, like Infamous First Light yeah. I was interested in it and that just oh, came I can't out. wait for Infamous First Light. That game just came out in August, and we're talking five months after it came out. It's already going to be... I mean, we're announcing it two months after it's released that it's going to be free. I mean, this is a downfall. It's more of a downfall for the developers. It's good yeah. for us as a consumer. And I don't... I, yeah, I kind of I like this idea. I'm sure it'll change when... Uh, yeah, the benefit is like kind of a negative thing having a new console and having this this program where you get free games like you're at, you're eventually you're going to have to give out yep. the new games like like say if they gave Call of Duty out next month because because oh they ran out God. of times they've already gave, they've already given well Injust- Injustice is the first um like yeah. physical game to come out so I mean they took them and that's it was over just, a year it was just on sale recently for like $8 yeah that's when I bought it it was like 8 bucks so I, I'm cool with that. I think that'd be a cool idea, actually. If you did like maybe like once every like quarter, every three months, we got like a free like actual like full so we digital get... sixty dollar title. Like obviously, it doesn't doesn't have to be like the game that just came out last month, but you know, like a game no, it's it's probably more than likely probably going to be like uh, say launch related PS4 games or something like that. Like hey, Infamous, like if Gods I can Among get, Us. Uh, yeah. If I can get like Need for Speed Rivals or maybe like Knack for free, I'd be happy. Yeah, yeah Knack, you know what? I wouldn't Knack, mind that. Knack wasn't a bad game. It was it was a fun, decent little game. It was it was good for a launch title. Hell, even kill his own Shadowfall, man. I don't wouldn't mind. You know, just something like that. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised we haven't got that one already. See the fact. I mean, it is a Sony property. I yeah, I know, right? One. It wouldn't, wouldn't cost them any money to put that on there. But, no, I, I like the. I mean, I like the idea for as a consumer for uh, if they like start releasing, like if they have it planned out two months in advance, like tell us what they are. I like to see that happen more often with like the free games we get. I agree. I would like to know beforehand whether or not like certain games are going to be like uh, actually free right there because yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, Because normally, like, they don't tell us, like, a week and a half, two weeks before they come out, so. That's what I kind of like about how Nintendo's been doing it for some of their VC games as of late, where they're actually just giving leeway what's going to be coming out, like, for maybe, like, the next couple weeks for some classic games. Not necessarily all, but. Yeah, I, I wish they would actually, like, tell us, like, it's kind of annoying when you just, like, hey, this is on here now. Like, build it up a little bit. Let me know. Give me, like, a month notice. But I am excited for the fact that the Game Boy Color Pokemon trading card game is coming to uh, 3DS next uh, Thursday on the 13th. <laughs> it's only six yeah, bucks. Yeah, I'm probably going to pick that up. But yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm, I remember playing the game when I was younger, so I'm, I'm excited for it. Okay, well, while we're still on the topic of PlayStation and stuff like that, most of us have already upgraded our uh, PlayStation 4s and stuff to update 2.0. And, uh, yeah, some of us have had some ill effects from it as well, you know, as uh-huh. well as other people. Like, say, the aspect of putting your console in standby mode and not being able to get it out of it unless unplugging the system. Yep. Wink, wink, and hint, Tyler. <laughs> yep. So, it seems like today that uh, Sony has officially released patch 2.01 that not only fixes that problem, but also corrects some, like, other, like, uh, mis- like just some other random stuff as well. Just so that we can actually go forth and put our consoles in standby mode without having the fear of it potentially breaking on us. <laughs> yes, I, I, we're, we're eight years. Sony's like eight, nine years into doing updating their systems, and they still can't figure out how to update systems yet. I know, I know. It's just the random things with certain technology too. I mean, there's always going to be that update which could potentially brick your system. You know, but, but... it seems like whenever they have the big one, like the like the one point the two point and whatever. There's always a problem. Yeah. Those are the release. The, 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 the 2.1s is always the one that fixed the last one. Oh, I know. You know it's uh, how, I mean, like, Xbox does, like, the good thing about Microsoft is they, they have updates. Their updates are few and far between. Uh, but mm-hmm. when they do them, you rarely ever hear of any issues with them. <laughs> so I don't I don't understand what the hell is going on in Sony's world. But it's like, come on. You, you got... Get, get some. You guys got top of the line people over there. Figure out how to freaking put themes on my PS4 without breaking my system, please. <laughs> yeah, I know, no shit, right? But uh, anyway, let's go on to our announcements and rumors section right now. So for one announcement right here, we actually have a confirmation that uh, there's actually going to be a first-person mode inside the Grand Theft Auto Five, like. Uh, like remasters or something like that for the PS4 and Xbox One, and I believe also PC. Is it? Yes. Is PC, uh, is PC ever comes out? Is PC coming out the same day? It's supposed to come out like January. Okay. Okay, right. but it's still coming, so that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, apparently you actually have the option to play the entire game in first person mode. Still no heist. <laughs> <laughs> I've... At this point, I think it's just a joke. It is. It I is. think it like, is. It is. It's the the highest in Grand Theft Five is the Duke Nukem Forever of this generation. It's like that elusive Loch Ness monster of like the gaming generation stuff like that. Oh, yeah. oh! I think I've seen the heists. No, no, no. It's actually yeah, yeah. first person mode. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. No, I think it's a cool option. Oh. I wish more games would actually have that as the option to do. Like I, it's definitely not an easy thing to do because some games are built around the fact of third person. But, you know what? Uh, I, see, I don't know how I'm gonna feel about it if I play this game in first person. Like Grand Theft Auto doesn't feel like a first person game. No, yeah, but, 
but not but you know what there are those specific types of people who play through say like elder scrolls games let's say like oblivion or like skyrim or some of the third person perspective as well and those aren't exactly i played that well. i played that. I played, actually i kind of just shot myself in the foot because uh i play um elder scrolls games and fallout games in first person i do i okay. play in first person that game just feels yeah. better in first person Fighting it does. Wise. Yeah, it's like how you're gonna shoot someone with a bow and arrow in third person. I feel like in the Grand Theft Auto game, it'd work better, like in like um, if you're in a shootout or something. The first person would come in handy there, but I think the rest of the game would be better for first person or for third person. No, I wouldn't mind playing Call of Duty Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't mind playing a wrestling game if it was in first person. That'd be kind of hilarious. Yeah. Be all, all of a sudden, you see oh, somebody's crotch that, in your that face. That would be difficult. <laughs> that would be a little bit more difficult. Just think of it, just yeah. like just seeing like Kevin Nash going for a jackknife power bomb or something like that, and all of a sudden you just see this like full on view. It's like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, two K, get on the Connect Wrestling game. Oh my god, there, there was go. a Connect Wrestling Give game. Like... I think it was like a Hulk Hogan game. Oh, the Xbox Hulk... yeah, when Hulk Hogan was putting his name on everything. I said two K. Two K. Oh, okay. Okay. 2K, give us a WWE Connect game. You, you give Hulk good. Hogan 2K, he'll he'll be on, he'll put his name on anything. Kidding me? Oh my God! Yeah, that's 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 pretty much of a true statement right there. I mean, this is the same guy that freaking tried to endorse a blender at one time. Uh, th- uh, this is a funny story, and it's a true story, where Hulk Hogan, his agent at the time, like a representative, like with a couple options, like, okay, Hulk, you can either go for a grill. Or you can go for a blender, you know. Obviously, and he, actually, he went with a blender, and who went? Why, with... would, why wouldn't you go with the George Foreman aspect? Well, that's the thing. Why would you not go? Well, that's the thing. George Foreman <laughs> went with the grill. <laughs> yeah. So Hulk Hogan, oh. Hulk Hogan said no to the grill. Yep. He was investing money into it, so he was like, "You can invest 100k into the grill or the blender." <laughs> he invested the 100k into the blender and lost all his money, and then obviously George Foreman. Is better known for uh, the grill than his boxing career. Then yep. he is a fucking two-time championship, Be- being matches. a heavyweight champion at forty-eight years old. Yeah. Oh, commercialism at its finest. And yes. <laughs> anyway, going back to the whole GTA Five thing, you know what? It's interesting. I actually play a little bit of Grand Theft Auto Five with the first-person mode. Oh, until it glitches up on you and you charge it in the next. Day. Yeah, yeah, exactly the point. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, that's a good flashback it. right there. <laughs> you know it'd be kind of hilarious and stuff if like uh, say it allowed the aspect of like transferring my actual save data from the ps3 version of it to like the ps4 and i'm still stuck oh, in a glitch and like i'm still stuck in the fucking glitch or something at the freaking michael's house <laughs> Just i take paid sixty dollars for supposed to be stuck in a damn place again <laughs> <laughs> i actually want to do it let's see if it actually does happen <laughs> It doesn't export. It doesn't have your save. I know. I know. I'm thank God for that, though. But that would be so fucking hilarious. But <laughs> but I see. A, I saw a screenshot. I think it was on GameSpot. You know, where uh, potentially you're in first person driving the car, and all of a sudden you're looking at your cell phone, and all of a sudden I started brainstorming an idea. I was like, oh, man, I'm totally going to see if I'm going to... I'm going to totally get this. I'm totally going to get in a wreck. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I thought. It's like, just film a whole video about, like, just uh, me looking at a text on the cell phone. It's like, okay, kids, this is is the reason why you don't text and drive. All of a sudden, you just see Michael swerving and just hitting everything. God damn it. You had to to say something. I was going to make a video of, like, uh, things like, don't 
Text, don't be on your phone and drive featuring Grand Theft Auto. I can edit this out, you guys. That's the beauty of editing. I'm not going to really do it. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, Jake and your guilt trips. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Well, let's edge out of the whole Grand Theft Auto thing and actually go forth to something that was mentioned a little bit earlier. Duke Nukem. (laughs) So, apparently... Announced today, there's a Duke Nukem Megaton edition that's going to be coming out for PS3 and for Vita. Now, it was just announced today, so I don't know the specifics of whether it's going to be the actual original. Duke Nukem 3D, you gotta... Oh. You didn't say 3D, did you? No. It's a 3D um, port. Oh. It's the Duke Nukem 3D port. Is that the one I was on 64? I think so. I think so too. I remember which one Duke? I remember there was a. Remember, I think there was two Duke Nukem's on sixty four. Hmm. I, I know there was a three sixty port, but yeah, I remember. I played. The, I remember playing on three sixty. It's basically Doom, really. Well, quite essentially, essentially it's a spoof yeah. Doom. Uh, it was on uh, PlayStation sixty four, Sega, XBLA Arcade iOS, Windows, yeah, and of course PC, PlayStation Three, and Vita, yeah, yeah. No, I, it was on Linux too. I, I actually have, I remember I have it on XBLA. It's actually it's a pretty decent little game if you like if you like the Doom game mechanics, like the Doom from uh, uh, Super Nintendo. If you like that current kind of game mechanic, you'll you'll enjoy this one. Hmm. It's not as dark, but it's more uh, uh, more comedic. Yeah, yeah, very sexual. <laughs> Better than for, uh, Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, boy. <laughs> the last thing I remember really about Duke Nukem 3D, though, was, like, from an instruction... It's this Back in the day when I used to play my N64 a lot and stuff, I had got this one, like, a game... Sh- like, this one Game Shark like, uh, cartridge, right? And with it was, like, a VHS tape to where it uh, actually showed, like, how you can program the game and VHS. stuff to uh, actually get infinite bullets in, like, Duke Nukem 3D. <laughs> I did it for like GoldenEye, but <laughs> just give yourself the golden gun. That's all you gotta do. Yeah, that's that's true too. But anyway, let's go to the meat and potatoes of the announcements here. A Nintendo Direct happened today, November fifth, and immediately from the get go, we have a confirmation that Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask is going to be a thing remade for the 3DS, and it's going to be releasing spring of 2015. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat interested in like Majora's Mask is the only one I haven't beaten since Link to the Past. And, well, I guess Skyward Sword I haven't beaten either, but I, I remember several times trying to get into Majora's Mask when I was younger, and I just couldn't get into it. And I kind of want to go back and give it another try. The only way I was able to get through my first playthrough of Majora's Mask back in the day was my mom got me a player's guide. I used that player's guide, that Prima player's guide. I still use it to this day in order to look back at, like, what I used to do. Like, fuck that game. (laughs) No, here's the thing. My first playthrough of Majora's Mask, I played it so much, I got every single mask. I went through, I could not get all the freaking Skultulas from the, those specific places and stuff. But, uh, I am really happy that this game's being remade for the 3DS, because I have not played that game Full all the way through since my initial playthrough back uh, when I finished it in 2002. <laughs> I still have my cart. I still have 
other, like, things from Majora's Mask whenever I feel like I wanted to play a little bit of it, but, yeah, that is freaking awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's good news. That's a big, that's a big deal. That is... 2015. Yeah, time. that's true, too. And also what's coming inside uh, spring of 2015 was, uh, I believe it's the Kirby game also. Kirby and the Rainbow Curse, which, you know what? That looks cool, too. I gotta um, admit. I don't know, like, it's kind of weird with the fact that that game was built to, like, you have to look at your gamepad the entire time. That feels more like it should be a 3DS game. Like, you, you have to what? use it to, like, you gotta build, that's how you... So Kirby rolls and basically you build, like, uh, the ramps and everything that had to tell you rolls on. And, like, you make it so you avoid enemies and gets through puzzles. I don't know, yeah, I you know what? Like I do agree weird, with you that uh, it does feel sort of like how the like how it should be like on the 3DS because I'm thinking back to Canvas Curse, which was like one of the early games released on the original DS, where you would basically mm-hmm. use the touch screen to in order to navigate Kirby throughout the stages and like do this and do that. It's quintessentially the the successor to that game, and yeah. when I see it on my Wii U and stuff, it just feels like it just feels like oh man, this game looks great. But I really think I should have, like, uh, we should be able to play it on the 3DS. <laughs> yeah. The game I'm actually, like, I, I, I like the most out of this whole Direct was uh, Codename Steam. Really? Yeah, like, it, it doesn't, I don't think it's going to be, like, uh, like, a great game or anything, but it looks like a great, like, uh, handheld game where it's, essentially, it's XCOM. But a goofy XCOM. Like, there's a, you, Abraham Lincoln's on your team, there's a lion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and a lot really, of the characters uh, I know, and a lot of the characters are like named after like uh, fictional type of characters. Let's say like Tiger Lily and Tom Sawyer, and like all these other random stuff. It's hilarious, and the lion from the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I don't know. I like that. And then like we also have uh, talked about. Uh, they mentioned the uh, NES remix coming out for 3DS. Um, we'll have online leaderboards and um, the Famicom edition, which will has like the like Japanese. Uh, mission like little short missions to do the one you know what the one thing i noticed about that and what bill trennan was saying when he was like uh, talking about that game he said it's a mixture of the best games from nes remix one and two which i think about that and oh you know what (laughs) that means i don't have to play through the shitty stuff like say like ice climbers and clue clue land and all this other shit was like oh thank god you know i wonder if that's for the wii u because i i'm planning on getting um, the Wii U version when it comes out on December fifth, but if it's only if it's not gonna have the whole thing, I might, uh, I might just buy the to the two digitally instead. It's the same price. So. Well, yeah, because that's that's that was just like one of the things that like uh, kept me from fully enjoying the NES remix when I was playing on the Wii U. Is it they have some great aspects here? They have some great games that you can go back to here, like Excite Bike, like Mario Brothers, like Zelda, the original Zelda. But then you have all these questionable like uh, games that they consider classics. Which you know what? I'm gonna put it out of the line right there. They don't deserve to be on this stupid remix thing. Like say Wrecking Crew. I hate yeah. Wrecking Crew. Ice Climbers. The <laughs> control for that game is shit. I mean, it's a bad game. <laughs> Clue yeah. Clue Land. It's like, you go through the levels and stuff, the whole, complete every mission, it looks like somebody's gonna have a fucking seizure because of the stupid flashing <laughs> lights. I kid you not. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still holding out hope that when they, if they do another NES, uh, NES remix, they do, like, non-Nintendo games, just do, like, everything. Yep. Like, just all-star in, uh, NES remix. But, 
They also talked about they gave us a date for Mario Kart 8, like after the first DLC pack like I mentioned. Yes. Uh, comes out next Thursday on the 13th. That has uh, Zelda. It has four. It has F Zero, uh, a sight bike, and a Zelda track, and there's something else. It comes with eight tracks, but those are the three they kind of uh, stuck with. They also kind of dove more into the the amiibo support for some of the games. Like so. Yeah. Uh, if in Mario in Mario Kart, if you have an amiibo, you scan it to your game. Your me, if you have a me, we use a me for the uh, the drive as your character you drive with. You unlock uh, like an outfit for that. For that carrot for your me. So if you have like a Star Fox amiibo, you have, you can have a Star Fox costume or a Metroid costume, or whatever. So quite so. essentially, for games like say like Mario Kart Eight and even for like Hyrule Warriors, if you can use all the amiibo that they put out in order to unlock say costumes, like specific items, like equipment and stuff like that. But you can also unlock like certain like weapon things. Let's say if you have Link's amiibo, you use it for Hyrule Warriors. You get to unlock like one of the little items for like Twilight Princess and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, I think in the Hyrule Warriors, they said other amiibos will unlock materials, weapons, and rupees, yeah. So I like that aspect. I think that's pretty cool. But uh... I don't, I don't know if I, don't, I really don't care for that. Like, yeah, not really, what we're doing with these amiibos, really, they're thirteen dollars a piece. So like, I'm based, I'm paying thirteen dollars so I can unlock a, a rupees, rupees yeah. for Hyrule Warrior or an outfit. I, I kind of wish um, Nintendo would come out, and they, there's still a chance they could do this, but kind of do like a Disney Infinity game. For the, the amiibos, like that would be an awesome game. Like if they, mm. if it just make it like Disney Infinity, it's a fun family game, but with Nintendo characters. I like that would sell gangbusters. You'll sell, like uh, you know, like Skylanders. That would sell millions and millions of copies of that game, and probably we use if they came out with something like that. I'll tell you what, though, I don't necessarily see myself getting all the amiibo and stuff like that. But the thing about the thing about this whole, like, uh, these figures and stuff, this is a smart move consumer-wise because for people who want to use that same, like, uh, that collector mentality, like, they want to collect all of them and stuff mm-hmm. and, like, use them for certain things like this and that. You know, I'm thinking and, uh, I'm kind of curious on what Nintendo's going to have for sale. Like, if they had those Amiibos, like, for, like, Skylander-esque game, they had that Skylander-esque game. And what they were going to do for freaking Black Friday, like with their console for the Wii U. Yeah. I'm curious. Like, they can make a shit ton of money if they do their card, if they play the cards. Well, right. they are doing yeah. a couple things that are right, too. They are actually adding a lot of Amiibo support for current and, like, uh, previous games that were released on there. Like, say, Mario Kart 8 and Hyrule Warriors, which is a couple of ex- example. Kirby and the Rainbow Curse is another example where they're going to use me- Amiibo support. And obviously they're going to have some other games. Like, say, Smash Brothers. That's a good obvious one right there that they are using yeah. for. So they're not just going to be, like, uh, using these particular accessories and stuff as, say, like, one-off, like, tr- like one-trick ponies. Like, say, for example, you have uh, PlayStation Move and stuff for the, like, the you know, for obviously for Sony's PlayStation 3 and stuff where it only worked maybe for, like, a few games, maybe tacked on things for, like, a couple of other stuff. But uh, going back to the whole direct thing, you know, it's just I can see the direction that they're heading with uh, the amiibo stuff. It's, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't. I mean, I don't. I understand what you're saying. I, I do like the fact that they're integrating it with it with all their games. But I think they could do a better job of it. I mean, I this agree. Is a, follow, this is a solid like jumping out point. But I think it's all for nothing if they don't in the future have that that a Disney Infinity type game. I think what they start they should really 
go maybe in more of a line to say like a physical type of DLC type of incentive for some. Like say, for example, obviously this would be probably a stupid thing, which I could totally see Nintendo probably doing, is say you want to unlock certain characters or certain like uh, stages or some of like specific games, like have like just buy a specific figure or something like that and put them on, scan them in like NFC wise in your Wii U pad or something like that. <laughs> that could potentially yeah. work too, but very true. But let me just say one of my most favorite parts about this Nintendo Direct though was uh, the whole thing about uh, Splatoon. You know, Splatoon looks like an interesting shooter, and I'm not just saying like from like uh, traditional like third base shooter type of perspectives though. But it's just the way that they have things like structuralized, like say like level design wise, where you're just shooting ink all over the stage, you're transversing like all over. Like up walls here and there and stuff. It just looks like it's going to be a, just a very fun experience. Yeah, I, I'm still pretty much I'm still pretty down on this game. I've been like that since I saw it when we all saw it at E3. I feel like I mean this. I, I think it'll be a fun little game to play, but I don't know if I have um, a, a leg like a, you know a lot of legs to stand on here. Where I don't see myself unless nintendo drastically changes the online experience with the wii u i don't feel like this is this game's gonna be sticking around for a long time i actually think the opposite of the effect i think that uh this game will be will have some sort of presence online for nintendo's like a little online game infrastructure and stuff i think this is probably gonna be one of those sleeper games like next year where obviously yeah it has a single player mode it has its own separate little thing right there it's gonna be releasing inside like brick and mortar stores which i'm not too sure how well it's gonna sell but the thing about it is yeah. it looks like it's fun enough to where you can easily just like play you play a lot with your friends obviously just that's just the thing though you do bring up a good point though in terms of uh the whole online infrastructure that they have right now i mean let's let's face it though like for say smash brothers on the 3ds and even like for mario kart 8 you still can't talk with people while you're trying to play, like, uh, specific matches or specific things like that, but... Yeah. I don't know, I mean, like... Uh, that's always what I'm going to harken back to. Like, when games like this, it's just, like, the way their infrastructure is with the, with the internet on their console. It's just, that's always going to be a major detergent for me. But, right. I mean, like, other things in the... In the, in the uh, Direct like the, Actually, the, the footage we saw of uh, Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles X... That game that looks was really awesome. cool. Yeah, I'm actually really interested in that game. It takes place in like what is it, like New Los Angeles. Uh, I, know, <laughs> I, I know. I thought it was really full. I don't think that was actually pretty hilarious and stuff. But they actually called the thing the New Los Angeles. Like, oh yeah. My God. <laughs> I was I was hoping a New New York, but maybe that's oh DLC. New Detroit. <laughs> I mean, the whole footage of the Xenoblade Chronicles X. It just looks gorgeous. It looks absolutely mm-hmm. stunning. You see all these sprawling fields and stuff like that. This is like an open world. It's not like a sandbox game, like in terms of like say, get your random missions and like go this way or that way or something like that. It just looks like it just fully. It just feels like a cohesive world where you could just explore from here to there, do like various missions along the way. But yeah. I don't. I don't know if this game. They're just saying they're shooting for a 2015 year uh, release. It's 2016. I don't see it. I'm, I'm. I would think that it might come out in 2015 in Japan, but I don't see it coming to us in 2015. I think that'd be a good spring 2016 game. I can wait for that game. Yeah. Um, they also announced like uh, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. You get uh you get uh, Mario and Luigi cat like costumes like they're in cat like they're cats in Mario and Luigi costumes. 
<laughs> like I, don't, I don't even know what, where to go with that, but um, okay. That was fucking bizarre. <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know if I, I don't, I, I don't, I guess I don't hate that. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm somewhat interested in Monster Hunter Four, but that was, just, that was just, um, it's gonna bring nightmares. Um, <laughs> and then uh, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto did announce that the Pikmin short, those Pikmin short movies he made um, are now available on the Wii U. And a 3DS. And if you buy them on the 3DS, they're in 3D. And if you buy them on the Wii U, they're in HD. Well, so, hey, I, they're about five bucks, you know. So yeah, which well, one? Each one's like twenty minutes. So fifteen bucks for like an hour long movie. I don't know. I, I think I think I might check them out. At least the first one. But other than that, that was pretty much Nintendo Direct in the nutshell and stuff. Yep, it was pretty good. I thought it was better than the Smash Brothers one. Yeah. I kind of agree. You know what? There was actually one thing the that we actually forgot to talk about too. That the whole like Smash Brothers like uh, <laughs> the whole duck hunt like oh, dog reveal that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah I, I did kind of like that. I did like the. I don't know how well the characters gonna be, but I did enjoy the the video we got of. Uh, so the the dog from Duck Hunt is in the game and the new Smash is in Smash Brothers, and he also has oh the duck God. on his back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the duck's on his back. What's hilarious about it is, like, it just starts out like uh, you're like you're playing an actual game of duck hunt and stuff, and all of a sudden you see all the the sprite characters like Mario, like Link, and like uh, Samus. All these they're like in their NES sprite forms just walk over. They're just looking at. It. All of a sudden you see the pixelated Mario just goes over. There's like, oh, come here, just bring it. <laughs> <laughs> and what what they confirm? There's an actual duck hunt stage in the Wii U version. Yeah, that is freaking hilarious. And what they also kind of, like, silently confirmed also is they're releasing Duck Hunt on the Wii U Virtual Console. <laughs> oh, really? So I wonder, I wonder if he's going to be free or not. I don't know. I don't think so. Didn't say. But uh, I think it's probably going to be, like, a $5 game or something like that. It's going to have the Wii... I think it's going to be, like, a Wii Remote type of enabled game right there, which makes sense. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I did see that. All right. Yeah, they did say the zapper doesn't work. So, <laughs> yeah, they made it like a specific reference, like any zapper will not work with this game. <laughs> yes, but we remote required. But anyway, that actually kind of concludes like episode Hold six. Up. Well, going ahead. One second. Uh, there is something we missed that didn't really get put into the notes, but it's not really worth uh, a full on like talking about. Uh, today. Um, Yesterday, the Activision CEO, Activision Publishing CEO, announced that Destiny Two, they've just began working on it. They just now began working on it. Hmm. Yeah, and I know neither of you really played Destiny. Oh, I did play Destiny. I actually beat the game. <laughs> oh, you beat the game. Right? <laughs> like, uh, like, oh, oh, that's nice. I got the exotics. <laughs> Destiny, no, Destiny's more of like Diablo esque, where just trying to get loot and just level right. up, and eventually PvP and raids. That's about it. But what do y'all? I know Tyler, your opinion really doesn't matter. If you play Destiny. I played the beta and the alpha. <laughs> oh, congratulations! You played an hour and a half of a game. <laughs> I played like seven hours of combined between the two. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, well, my my opinion, real quick, is I, I'm not surprised. It's I expected this. I'm surprised it kind of. Well, it's a like, ten year game, but that yeah, it's ten year franchise. So yeah, 
Um, not that's it. You're just not surprised. Nope. It's a little surprising. It's already been kind of like announced, I guess, <clears throat> but that's about it. How early it's been announced? I'm, yeah, you know. I'm curious. Yes, we're like less than sixty days away from the launch of Destiny, and they're already announcing Destiny Two. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> uh, Destiny Two but, now with a good story. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I hope there's a story in it. I really am. But I'll pick it up because I put I put six dollars worth of play into a uh, into Destiny. So eh, figure I might I'll probably put sixty hours into Destiny. 2. I might pick up Destiny when Destiny uh, when Destiny Two comes out, and then I'll listen to all the Destiny Child albums while I play Destiny. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, fuck off, Tyler. Jack, what about you? What do you think of Destiny 2 being announced? Well, you know what? I have no problems with the thing being announced stuff. As long as Destiny 2 includes better story missions, much more, like, uh, loot than the initial, like, uh, playthrough of the original Destiny, and actually has, like, other, like, uh, things that make it feel more flushed out and not type, you know, and not, uh, empty in terms of environment stuff I'm fine yeah, more than one mission I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about I've, I've gotten plenty of loot and uh, I can say uh, yeah loot is it's somewhat rare like good right. good weapon drops and stuff is somewhat rare later on but or early on but once you get to like probably about level 15 or yeah. so once you get to 20 which you can do in about a day um like you just get overcome with loot you really don't need and it just gets aggravating yeah that type of aspect I could see that being frustrated but I had like I think I was like just at level like 19 or something like that before I just uh, decided you know no never mind but uh <laughs> Destiny is one of those games that you need to play with people and you need to like it's a multi which is kind of kind of douchey thing to say since I played it in, I played most of the game single player, like which I have no problem with. But some people like Tyler <clears throat> need people to play Destiny with for it to be fun. Yep, <laughs> that's very true. And which, if you're not a social gamer, which you just play Madden, Tyler, and Jack actually in this case yeah. too, uh, you. Probably won't get the best out of Destiny. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you right there. I don't even think I got the best part out of Destiny now that I think about it. Because I only... I went to that entire, like, story mode of that game just by myself. I didn't really try a lot of that the, multiplayer The stuff. best part of the game is getting five other five more people together, going on a raid, and, or going to the PvP. And if you're not doing that, you're pretty much... Played, you played the worst part of Destiny. <laughs> All right. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If there's nothing else we can address right here, we'll just go ahead and just conclude. So, anything if else? If you like it, uh, then you, you should put a ring on it. Oh, God. That was, that was, that was just Beyonce right there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's go into my wrestler of the week, which, you know what? This week, I'm going to go into Randy Orton. Why Randy Orton? Well, because of, like, a few things. One, there's this running gag going on on the internet where, like, uh, people are gathering a bunch of, like, these animated GIFs from Vine 
where they have Randy Orton RKOing like all these random people, like in specific random moments. So obviously, like the thing suggests, like you see somebody falling down or something like that. All of a sudden, you have Randy Orton. It's like, it, what's funny upon this is it has Michael Cole's commentary or like Jr. or like King or something like that. It's like it's like Randy Orton. Oh, RKO out of nowhere. You know, it's just like. <laughs> It's the greatest thing that ever happened to the internet. It was really, it's really awesome though, because they have these specific clips. Like, there's this one clip where this guy is following from the like a freaking jungle gym, right? You see Randy Orton just slithering uh-huh. underneath the jungle gym, and they just give him the RKO as he's falling down. <laughs> oh, it's 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 game. Now they have like Dudley Boys 3D and people. It's amazing. Oh, I didn't see that one yet. That's something I'm probably going to oh. delve into tonight. But, but. I'll send uh, it to you. No, the thing about Randy Orton right now is uh, they've actually turned him full-on face at this moment for uh, the WWE, like, their storyline stuff. Which, uh, you know, I had a chance to watch a little glimpse of, like, uh, the match between, like, Randy Orton and Seth Rollins. And that was a, that was actually a pretty good match, now that I think about uh-huh. it. it and missed a good Raw. It was a, it was a good Raw overall. But uh, that one match and the whole incident and stuff like, after the match and stuff where, like, uh, you know, Triple H is beside himself, you know, trying to see if, uh, like, whether he should, like, just get rid of Randy Orton or not like that. And just the whole the whole atmosphere of that just really cements, like, uh, kind of Randy Orton's character in general because he doesn't want to be replaced as the guy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, because his character is supposed to be, like, this... Uh, this basically this douchebag, pretty much, where he just wants all the glory for himself. <laughs> yep. For some reason, people like that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I remember back when Randy Orton was, like, starting out in the WWE and stuff, where there was these little events where he would actually miss his finisher and stuff like that, which, it, it's fucking hilarious. Just going to YouTube, you see, like, Randy Orton missing his RKO finisher on Chris Jericho and had to do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> So let's see, Randy Orton is... I'm a survivor. I think one of Randy Orton's, like, like better matches is, like, uh, obviously without John Cena, but, uh... <clears throat> but, uh... Yeah, one of his better matches would be, like, yeah, one of his better matches was, like, this Monday, though, with uh, Seth Rollins and stuff. Because that was a solid match from beginning to end. It ended... Mm-hmm. It ended clean, which is very surprising to me. <laughs> Especially on a Raw... Especially, like, when the WWE likes to do their dusty finishes, which means that they have some person or some interfere or something like that in order to make the like the good guy or something look better, you know? Or to draw yeah. heat. But, uh, yeah, Randy Orton is known for his little his, uh, second rope, like, uh, fall like falling DDT that he does. He's known for his RKO, which he will basically counter almost anything into a fucking RKO. Like, uh, even last pay-per-view, like Hell in the Cell, when he was facing John Cena, John Cena goes for the attitude adjustment, and uh, Randy Orton counters it into the RKO, like, in the mix of, like, uh, when Cena was doing that whole friggin' flip from his fireman's carry. Yep. Which, that looks sick. But yeah. one of my favorite RKO moments is when Evan Bourne was going up the top rope, and he's doing the shooting star press, and Randy Orton catches him for an RKO. That's probably, yeah, that's kind of where it all began. Dude, That that's freaking sick right there. When you have a finisher where it can just be countered into something extremely epic, that's how you make your, your professional wrestling career right there. Like being the mm-hmm. highlight guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's the wrestler of the week, Randy Orton. So, do we have any random trivia for this week? You know, I'm thinking it could be a little self-promoting. Okay. 
I just recently uploaded a video that will be out now. It's actually out now. Um, it's in Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. The there's a Star Wars Star Wars Easter egg and uh, Advanced Warfare. If you're on the mission Manhunt, you can check out the video on our YouTube channel, Gene Gaming Net. Okay. Also, check us out on our Generation Gaming Facebook page and group. And on Twitter, we are Gen underscore Games. So, for this week, I have been your host, the Jack of Hearts. I was Tyler. Say my name. Say and my I've name been bad at, And I've been bad at over commentary. <laughs> All right. Good night. <laughs> Good night, everybody. And bugaboo. Yeah, 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 yeah